set it all on. Yeah. What it is is what it is. Hit tonight. Hit just a few seconds if you can wait because I can't. What it is. What it is. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 248 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? You know you're going to put these baby blues on the internet every week. You better be ready for this show to take it to the next level, brother. <laughs> Did you powder that dome or what? Oh, we got a hat on that thing today. We ain't, we ain't got a fresh shave. We ain't going to show them little seedlings up there. <laughs> Get you some of them hymns. <laughs> we, we well past that, brother. We passed hymns about 10 years ago. I missed that boat. Oh, man. Oh, welcome back to the Boxing Ramp Podcast. Um, as you can see, we are bringing this show uh, by video to you. Um, all of you audio listeners out there, check it out on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Um, two Boxing Rant studios, two different locations, one show. Ken and Vin bringing it to you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Uriware. We Uriware, Vin. <laughs> I was getting a little nervous there. You're saying two studios. I'm like, wait a second. Is this, is this two studios, one cup? What's going on here? What did I just walk into? I think you walked into your the set of eight millimeter in that little studio years <laughs> snuff film coming up right after this. <laughs> oh man! Well, this is episode two hundred and forty eight of the Boxing Rant podcast. Be sure to check out this video on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings eighty one and at Kenny Keith Junior. All right, Vin, um, we got a lot to talk about here. Um, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, big fights this upcoming weekend, but we do have something on the horizon with Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz part two, but we will get to the Jamel Herring Lamont Roach fight. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the fight that took place on November 7th, uh, Niowa Inouye versus Nonito Donaire. Um, it's official Danny Jacobs. And JC Superstar Jr., um, but we kick it off with the event that was from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California on zone. It was KSI versus Logan Paul Part 2, Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney in action. What say you, Vin? You know, I, Ken, I don't have a whole lot to say about the fight per se because I'm tell, I'll tell you what, I didn't watch it. And, you know, I tuned in for Billy Joe Saunders. I tuned in for Devin Haney like I think most boxing fans did. And then I made my way over to ESPN. But here was here was the only issue that I had. I have no issue with the event itself at all. My issue comes from boxing fans that all of a sudden like decided like they had to take the moral high ground. They had to protect the inner the inner sanctity of boxing, Ken, because these two YouTubers were invading our sport and they were they were ruining everything that is holy about the sport of boxing. It's like, guys, would you can you get a fucking grip, would you? It, it's not for you. It was never for you. Is it okay for you to just say, well, it's not for me. I'm not going to watch it. I'll tune out when that fight comes on. But no, everybody's got to make a point to, you know, take this stance to protect the, like, they're, they're declaring their, 
diehard fandom for the sport of boxing by not watching this fight like they're doing some grand thing it's like what what nobody's taping your eyelids open nobody's nobody's uh, opening up your ears and making you listen to it and watch it nobody took you in the bathroom and made you look in the fucking mirror like Candyman back in the day like if you're gonna say ksi logan paul three times into the mirror fucking willie pep's gonna jump out and, and kick your ass because you are not protecting the inner sanctity of the sport of boxing. And you need to turn in your fandom card and people giving, you know, on top of that, giving like journalists and writers a bunch of shit for covering it. It's like, there's a reason they're covering it. People it's because it, it's more relevant right now. Like, okay. Jamel Herring and Lamont Roach is a legit fight for a legit belt. It's got a good story, blah, blah, blah. Typical boxing, you know, everything that comes along with it, but it didn't, doesn't sell one one thousandth of what Logan Paul KSI did. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with saying that. Why boxing fans get so bent out of shape over something so stupid like, send me your address, all of you, that got so bent. Like, they're blocking the words Logan Paul and KSI on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> oh, the outrage. I can't. How could you even look at those words? Like, fucking send me your fucking address so I can come out there and flick you in the fucking fleshy patch where your nuts used to be. Please, fucking <laughs> let's move on, okay? It wasn't for you. Just let it be in the little world for all the ADHD kids that, that know who these guys are and what this fight is supposed to mean to them, let them enjoy it. You don't have to be a part of it. You certainly don't have to get on your moral high ground. Hey, can you, can you give me directions to that moral high ground in the sport of boxing? Can you do that? Is Lou DiBella waiting at the gates there for me? I mean, come on, people. It's fucking boxing. There's no moral high ground here. It's boxing. It, 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 what do you, have you not read the history of the sport? Show me where the moral high ground is, people. That 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 was my problem. The the boxing fans' reaction to the fight. I got, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. Like, is it that hard to be a normal person and just not watch something that is not geared for you, without like making taking some ridiculous fucking stance on it? Just relax, people. Take a fucking deep breath. And go do whatever it is you do. Don't worry about these little kids and their little thing that happen to be, uh, happen to take part in uh, or or be a part of the sport of boxing for six rounds one night. Get over yourself. Uh, that's that's all I got to say about it, man. I got nothing else. Oh man, that was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. People were coming at me on uh, on you know the video that I made on the daily rant on the on the boxing rant YouTube channel. They're like. Like, dude, like, why did you even make this video? Like, seriously, like you guys like fried, you know, this thing before it happened. Like you guys were all over this, just trashing it. And now you're using the hashtag. Oh, uh, the boxing rant is using the hashtag. We can't watch this anymore. We can't listen anymore. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, first off, we did not take time out of our lives to fry this event prior to it happening. We didn't say a word. We dismissed it and moved on because, like I said, in my video on the Daily Rant, I didn't even know who these two motherfuckers were until the 
the night I sat down to watch Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders fight. So I watched one of the videos of Logan Paul to see what the hell I was getting myself into if I even made it that far. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I, dude, I, I 100% completely agree with everything that you say. I mean, people yelling and screaming from their pulpits, like, how dare you not watch, um, you know, this veteran that's fighting on Veterans Day weekend on ESPN. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, as a veteran of the United States Army that served my country, I don't need to be lectured to on what I want to watch. I volunteered to serve my country so I can have the free decisions to watch whatever the hell I want. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Jamel Herring. Okay. But I got sucked in to something that was, was disgustingly entertaining and I was amused and I felt like I was a kid watching WCW. Okay. So, you know, it is what it is. And Look, people might say, well, you two always get on your pulpits and say this. No, listen, man, we get passionate about what we see in boxing, okay? What we see in boxing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to do this and you have to do that. I might say that, you know, I think you're an idiot because your opinion sucks. And guess what? You'll probably say the same damn thing to me and the same damn thing to Vince at some point, right? Yep. But that's why we do this show and you don't. <laughs> because they're free to do one whenever they want. Exactly. Put in the time and do a fucking show. If you are so passionate, you know, get your voice out there. Personally, again, for the millionth time, all of you that thought that we were getting paid because we covered Canelo uh, you know, versus Kovalev, we ain't getting paid. What we're doing is on our time. This is our hobby, and this is our opinions. So disagree with them. Leave your comments below, please. Um, but I'm totally with you, man. It was what it was. And, 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 and like I said before, man, I mean, it's these same people, like, I don't hear them talking about how, how Julio Cesar Chavez <laughs> went ghost when the guy showed up with the pea cup, you know? Yeah. And, and still, and has a fight now. Yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about like, well, where's your moral high ground there? Where's your moral high ground about, you know, rumors about certain fighters, that are missing weight and commissions aren't doing anything about it. You know what I'm saying? Like about scales being switched out. Like, dude, there's so much more stuff that happens in this sport that is just completely. And, and trust me, this is knowledge. This is not speculation. No. I'm not going to sit here and throw anybody under the bus with what I'm talking about right now. But the bottom line is there's way more shady shit than you would ever even want to hear about in this fucking sport. So get over the fact that these two guys that are more popular than everybody that's listening to the show, watching this show, consuming the show, or talking on the show will ever be in their entire lives. Okay. Let them do their fucking thing. They did. They showed up. They fought hard. They sucked. You know, I mean, I wish I was in that kind of shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish I could, you know, fight another YouTuber for fucking a million dollars. That'd be awesome. I shit. I'd fight Deontay Wilder for a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Put it right here. Just put that right hand right here on this chin, then. Detonate that thing, son. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. Like, people, like, everybody just take a step back. Like, take a deep breath. It's uh, it's going to be okay. Boxing, nothing happened to boxing because these two little nerds came to the sport and thought like you would fight your best friend in your backyard. It just so happened that a lot of people wanted to watch them. 
So who cares? Don't watch it. If it if it if you if it's not for you, then you don't have to tune in, and you certainly don't have to find a way to like protect the sanctity of the sport of boxing. Please, that that shit is. I cannot think of a fucking lamer lamer take than some of the shit I saw that night. Like, all right, guys, get, give it a rest, would you? Please, acting like a pimp protest, uh, protecting a prostitute. You know what I'm saying? Acting like he's out there doing something honorable. You ain't collecting no money from this hoe, son. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ridiculous oh man it's absolutely ridiculous um all right let's get away from that um we have been heard um then billy joe saunders versus marcelo cacheras first and foremost you know i i don't want to split hairs over this because billy joe saunders looked like dog shit but i said this in the, in, in the episode of the daily rant did you notice how small that ring was oh it's tiny that that had to be a 16 by 16 ring if if that I mean, it looked like one of those rings that, that that's in the lobby at the hotel where the fight's being held. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like a that's like a ring you see in a in a boxing gym. That's not you know very rarely do you get a ring that small unless there's you know they're the smaller guys, the hundred and fifteen pound guys and under. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy, and it made you know Billy Joe Saunders look like a sloppy you know heavyweight in the ring. But I tell you what, man, how horrible one did Billy Joe Saunders look? But two, how horrible was this matchmaking? I mean, it was like, dude, could you have picked a guy that, you know, that would have made, I mean, I mean, let, let's be honest for everything that Eddie Hearn is. And he is a snake oil salesman. I mean, he sold this fucking KSI Logan Paul shit to everybody. Right. But for, one thing he is not, the guy is not a matchmaker. And I don't know who does his matchmaking for him, but gosh, they're shitty at it over at Matchroom, aren't they? <laughs> they can be bad. They could be bad everywhere. I like, they're so concerned with me, but sometimes they're so concerned with like finding an easy win that they don't pay attention to the style that's coming into the ring to like, if, if you wanted to do anything, you wanted to showcase Billy Joe Saunders. Well, you, you didn't do that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. Can Billy Joe Saunders be fucking showcased? I mean, let's think about this guy's career. Billy Joe Saunders is a solid boxer. And I know a bunch of UK boxing fans right now are going to, they're starting to hear this and it's ticking. It's ticking in their brain right now because they they hold Billy Joe Saunders, at least some fans do over there, in very high regard and his boxing skill for one. Let's just honestly look back at this guy's career and and, and tell me the one defining performance outside of David Lemieux. There hasn't been one. This guy's been in some of the most boring, I mean the most boring performances you can remember. Okay. The Andy Lee fight. Good God. People still take naps to that fucking fight. All right. <laughs> that fight was terrible. Absolutely horrible. Then the Chris Eubank fight. He fucking, I mean, held on for dear life down the stretch against a complete, like you think Chris Eubank Jr. is a one dimensional fighter now? We'll go back three, four years ago when he's 25 years old. He was even more one dimensional. And Billy Joe struggled. He has struggled in, uh, uh, and I can't remember a fight outside of David Lemieux that he didn't look good in. And okay, he looked good against David Lemieux. Probably the best or the most tailor-made style for him, not to mention we know about the nasal spray after the fact. So the, guy, the guy's gas tank that night was, was on high. He could fucking, he could push it to the limit, 
for 12 rounds, and I'll be damned. I picked David Lemieux to win that fight. One of the worst picks I've ever made in my life. But when I look back on that now, I take a little bit of solace in knowing that that was a Billy Joe Saunders that we have never seen before and we have never seen since. Billy Joe Saunders is not the fighter that everybody thinks he is. The guy's good. He is a good boxer, period. There's no great. There's no, this guy is the best boxer in this division. No, stop that nonsense now. That fight right there proved it again. He's proved it time and time again in the ring. I, I, and I don't understand, like, I get it, UK fight fans, that, that, that you know, they're, they're very loyal to their guys. So he is one that they could be loyal to and be, and be proud of. But you guys got to have some perspective when you think about, about this guy's career to this point. I'm sorry. It's just it's been very lackluster. And, and honestly, who, who's the biggest name on his resume? I mean, it, 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 I guess it's David Lemieux. And and how long? In the UK, I mean, in the UK, it would be Eubank, I guess. Yeah, or Andy Lee. But yeah, th- th- there's just nothing of substance with his career, and it's like the guy's—he's already almost out of his prime. Yeah, I mean, dude, he looked—I I don't know, you know, if it had to do with him switching trainers. Uh, it's 168 pounds. I mean, I, I think it's 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 a combination of everything, man. You know, it's everything that you said. I mean, he's kind of defined himself at this point. Um it's it's it it is the trainer it is the weight it is the the nasal spray it is his sort of lackluster career the fact that he's a boring fighter i mean the fact that he stood there in the ring afterwards and apologized like you know i thought the funniest part about him apologizing to the crowd for for having a shitty performance was is the crowd was they weren't even listening to him they weren't even reacting to anything that he was saying and he kept repeating himself like they were going to be like, oh, it's okay. It's okay, Billy Joe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll be here for the next one, Bill. You know, the funny part is, is that all of the UK fans that were in attendance, which were a lot at Staples Center for this fight, were there for KSI. So they had no idea who Billy Joe Saunders was. No, why would they? Oh, man. Yeah, it was really bad, man. Um, As far as him saying that he wants the Canelo fight, I mean, I'll I'll just lay it out simply. I don't want to I don't want to get, you know, wrapped around the axle with this one, man. But um, at this point in their careers, trajectories, uh, I think Canelo just waxes them, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? Doesn't it make more sense for Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith to fight? Yes, absolutely. Callum Smith needs to do something. Other than the world boxing supers, that can't be your crowning achievement. Well, one of them needs to like take the next step. Like they're both kind of languishing. Like the winner fucking stays in languish. The, the I mean, the winner moves on. The loser stays and languishes in their the shittiness of their career to this point. Loser goes home match. That's my favorite type of match. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but here's the thing, man. You know. It, I just don't there, – there, there's nothing about Billy Joe Saunders at this point in time that, that tells me that he would be even remotely competitive. I just think that Callum Smith would if, – if Billy Joe Saunders fights like he did against Coach Harris and tries to make it a an exciting fight and tries to end fight, dude, he'll get check-hooked to death by Callum Smith Yeah, all night long. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. You know, there's a lot that can happen in uh you know this the zone matchroom universe with fighters between 160 168 pounds um 
I'm not going to be waiting with bated breath <laughs> to hear what happens uh, no. with Billy Joe Saunders next by any means. So, um, yeah, congratulations, Billy Joe. You're still the WBO 168-pound champion, bud. You're back, baby. All right, we're we're waiting. 2020 or bust for Billy Joe. That's what I'll say. Mm. He better do something in 2020 or I'm I'm all the way 100% out. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get to the co-feature, Vin. Um, Devin Haney versus Alfredo Santiago for the WBC lightweight title, um, a.k.a. the WBC Gmail title, a.k.a. the WBC <laughs> Al Gore title. Um, uh, there's many names for this illustrious belt. Um, but the kid, Devin Haney, uh, again, horrible matchmaking, in my opinion. Um, another fighter that gave a lackluster performance, just like Billy Joe Saunders, that had excuses after the fight was over. Um, this, instead of with Billy Joe Saunders being sick, Devin Haney supposedly hurt his shoulder. Um, I did not see anything that suggested that he hurt his shoulder. Maybe if he did hurt his shoulder, it probably happened while he was lunging to try to reach Alfredo Santiago. That can be the only thing I can deduce from that. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, man, the kid really, really built up a level of expectations, not only for his fans, but just followers of that sort of, um, not the smack talk. Everybody smack talks. I enjoy the smack talk, right? Right. But it's uh, it's the name dropping and grandstanding. You know, it's the... I'm going to say all this, even though I really have little to no intention of doing any of it, at least right now. And he built up this hype and expectation for himself and he went out and laid an egg and in laying an egg, it's one of these situations where, Hey, pump the brakes, reset the deck, eat a little bit of humble pie. You know, the WBC has now ordered that he fights his mandatory Javier Fortuna, right? Who's a veteran, um, an athletic veteran who's awkward. Right. And that purse bids December 13th. But I just think this whole Devin Haney thing, I think him and his pops, I think they just need to slow the roll a little bit. Let's uh, let's take Lomachenko out our mouths and worry about um, winning our next fight. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I'm not going to be as harsh on the kid's performance as I was on a, like Billy Joe Saunders a minute ago because he's just that he's a kid. He's 20 years old. Right. So there's going to be these setbacks right now like everybody that expects this kid to perform and and a lot of this expectation is you know some of it is is I'm not, I don't even want to say his fault it's not his fault but he's he's talked himself up he's trying to sell himself as a fighter so I get it and I appreciate his willingness to to want to fight all these guys I really do I'd ra- much rather a fighter do that than than hide behind their promoter like a uh, Tank Davis does so I, I I'd rather you know, Tank Davis, yeah, he'll throw some names out on Twitter or Instagram, but he's not as vocal and he's not as out in the public as, as you know, Haney has been about wanting a match with Lomachenko and wanting to fight the best. I, I It just, it, it, it's as simple as this. Like, the, the fans take some, take some blame in this too because he's already developed a very big fan base, and, and rightfully so. Based on the talent this kid has, he's going to be special one day. That one day is just not right now. That one day might be a, like a year or two down the road. He's still developing. You talked about it in your daily rant. I've been saying, I've done said this three years ago on this show, that this is the age of the prospect champion. They may not want to call themselves a prospect anymore because they hold a belt. But as developmentally as a fighter, 
They're still prospects. They're still getting better. They're still cutting their teeth in the professional ranks of this sport. And there is nothing wrong with that. This kid had a tough performance. Maybe he hurt his shoulder. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? Maybe he had trouble making weight, Ken. We've heard some of that too. You know, so it, there's there's all these factors that come into play. Maybe he's not going to be at 135 much longer, folks. Maybe that's going to happen. It, there's there's so much and, 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 and there's so much more to come of this kid's career that for everybody to be putting it under a microscope right now as much as they do, it's not fair to the kid. And like I said, he takes some blame in that. Uh, the fans take a little bit of blame in that. But, you know, just let it be what it is. The guy's not going to have a, a, a dead nuts five-star performance every time he steps in a ring right now. He's developing. Let it happen. Don't don't put these expectations on this kid right now where you expect it. And then when somebody like, you know, somebody like one of us or a guy that that is, you know, not a fanboy offers some type of critique of, of what's going on in his career right now, don't get bent out of shape when you hear it. So many people get bent out of shape when I, you know, I made a statement yesterday, like the kid's just not ready for Lomachenko. Anybody who thinks that he has a chance against Lomachenko is out of their mind. I'm sorry. You just are. And don't give me the argument that Lomachenko has beaten nobody. That, that, that is ridiculous. Lomachenko has like put this, put this into perspective for that fight. And I do want to see it one day, folks. Trust me, I do. But it's not now. If it happens now, I'll take it. But Lomachenko has never, never fought an opponent the level that Devin Haney fought on Saturday night. He has never fought a a level of opponent in his professional career like that, let alone go 12 rounds and get hit as much as Devin Haney did with right hands that weren't that sneaky. Okay? So just just keep everything in perspective a little bit. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying the kid ain't great, and I'm not saying he's not going to be the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world one day. But it, we just got to, like, everybody slow down. The next big thing will be here eventually. Let's not usher everybody. Like, we weren't so quick to usher out Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather, but now it's like we're so quick to want to usher in this new class of fighters. Like, everybody just fucking relax, man. These guys will get there. There's no rush in this we got plenty of boxing over the next it's not going anywhere these these kids will be around for 15 fucking years just let it happen yeah i mean you're right about the way that boxing fans are are building up these unrealistic expectations for haney there's no doubt about it but let's let's also remember a lot of that is because boxing fans are gullible they take their favorite fighters at their word and haney has not stopped with proclaiming himself to be on the same level as a Vasily Lomachenko. So that's that's the root of it. There's not, in, in my opinion, there aren't as many people out there like yourself and like myself that have been watching this kid and, 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 and watching it very closely to see where he's been, where he's at, and where he's going. I mean, they're literally just saying, okay, look, there's a young American fighter that I'm really excited about being a fan of, um, you know, the kid's done a good point, uh, you know, a good job to this point, putting himself out there. He signs a big deal. He's getting good promotion. Um, Alexander Usyk, you know, getting hurt. Um, actually Devin Haney was the beneficiary of that because he got the headline, his own card in Washington, DC. You know what I mean? So there's, there's things have been happening very quickly for him. And 
in today's generation, there is a lot of younger people that expect to go from, you know, the, you know, the mail room to, um, the round table, um, with the executives, you know, to be on the board immediately. They're like, Oh, why am I sorting mail? You know what I mean? I'm the smartest person in this building. Why am I sorting mail? You know? Um, and I agree with everything that you said. I mean, we've said it a million times on this, on this show about, you know, I know how I feel about Devin Haney as a fighter. I don't need to continuously reiterate the fact that I think the guy's going to be a pound for pound, um, you know, leader in, in this sport one day. But all of this talk, just just believing that Devin Haney is going to beat Lomachenko and then Devin Haney, you know, doubling down after this, you know, average performance uh, performance against Alfredo Santiago and saying that he's a better overall fighter than Lomachenko, that he sees flaws in Lomachenko um, and just, you know, continuing the rhetoric. It just it, it doesn't add up, man. Um, you know, it's there's there's nothing that 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 the fighting against the level of opponent that Haney has been in the ring with and looking good against them that says you're going to beat a guy that has only lost what three fights in his entire life in over 400 and 430 fights something like that two two fights yeah two fights okay yeah he's lost twice um you know so he lost once in 400 amateur fights um you know look we can go round and round and round about this. If you're looking at this objectively, you look at the book of work and you know what you're looking at. You, you said it. One of the argument that just shows the level of stupidity of some people out there that watch the fight game and, and, and claim to pay attention to it. The one argument that is just absolutely ridiculous is that Lomachenko ain't fought nobody. You know what that means when you say that it's the same thing, you know, what you what you're what you're saying i'm going to google translate this for you when you say lomachenko ain't fought anybody right (laughs) that google translates to i have no idea who any of these fucking guys are because i am the biggest casual boxing fan in the history of the fucking sport that's what it translates to it means you know nothing about boxing if you don't understand what Lomachenko has done in the short amount of time that he has been a professional boxer and who he fought at those moments when he fought them, the context under, under which he fought them and the way he dispatched of those opponents. It's been no fighter in, in, in modern boxing in the last, you know, in the last 40 or 50 years of boxing that made four or five opponents in a row fucking quit high level, former world champions quit. It's never happened before. Okay, so do yourself a favor, make yourself arm yourself with knowledge so you can participate in high level boxing conversation. Go back, rewind the tape. Okay, there's articles out there, man. You can even get a little context in the lead up to you rewatching a fight. Uh, Lomachenko versus Nicholas Walter. You have no idea about the about the ox man. You got no idea, man. Okay, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's 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 that simple. So when you come at me with that argument, it is instant, instant mute. If I could just blink my eyes and make you just disappear to another dimension, I would. Trust me. Um, all right. Didn't the Axeman completely and utterly dominate Nonito Donaire? Oh, man, that was a brutal fight. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. So, I mean, just another like another bit of perspective that can be had in this situation. Yeah, like, there's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I still to this day, remember the look on Nicholas Walter's face 
in that fight against Lomachenko. I've never seen somebody, well, maybe other than when Lomachenko made Rigo quit, somebody that just looks so confused and so defeated. You know what I mean? There was no more embarrassment that he was willing to take. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's exactly what it was. And that's not to say that Lomachenko would do that to Haney, but let's no. there's this is we're just talking about two different things. We're talking about about a, the guy at the top and the guy who eventually one day wants to be at the top. Right. More power to you that you want to fight this person and that person, but um, I don't see it happening because I see Lomachenko moving down in weight and I see Haney going up in weight. So I just don't see it happening. Yep. Um, all right, Vin. So what do you think about the mandatory Javier Fortuna for Haney? I, I think it's a good fight. Um, I, I can't remember. I, I want to say Javier Fortuna just lost recently. or I, I can't know. He just won. But either either way, it, this you're talking about a tough, grizzled veteran fighter that knows his way around the ring. He's awkward. So this is, a, I, I think, w- what is a perfect opponent uh, in the progression of Devin Haney right now. You know, if this kid's ready for the type of fights that he's he's speaking about, he should be able to beat a, a Javier Fortuna level fighter, and he should be able to do it, you know, fairly easily. But uh, this is going to be a lesson for this kid in this fight, I think. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who brings it from every angle. He punches hard. Uh, he's he's there. He's a he's a professional in every sense of the word. So yeah, this this will be the toughest fight of Devin Haney's career by by a long shot. Yeah, no doubt about it. But look, this is this is where. This is the next step. You cannot, you can't look. It's one thing to be ready to jump into the fray against world against world champions, right? That's right. the path that Lomachenko did. He jumped right in. Let's just fight some world champions. You know what I mean? Let's fight Orlando Slido and Gary Russell Jr. First three fights, right? So it's like, so there's that. But then there's another path where you are fighting against journeymen um, and never will be's, has beens and never will be's, right? And that's the path that Haney has been on since being a professional. So you can't just jump from that to Lomachenko. You can't just jump from that to a, let's say, a, you know, a Gary Russell Jr. or a Carl Frampton, or I'm just, I'm just, I'm just rattling off names in that, in that weight class range, you know, big names, established, established names. Um, the next step is Javier Fortuna. This is perfect. Yeah. Remember when, you know, Luke Campbell was, was, was on his way. You know what I mean? And they put him in there with Ivan Mendy. I mean, everybody thought that Campbell was going to go right through Ivan Mendy, but he needed that step-up fight, and Mendy smacked him down. It happens. Sometimes you get stopped in your tracks, and sometimes you push through, and sometimes you learn your lesson. Let's just hope that um, his own personal expectations for himself don't overshadow the willingness to learn from what happened in this Alfredo Santiago fight, um, and they're able to you know, progress into this Javier Fortuna fight because it's not going to be easy for him. No, and, and look, there's there's no reason to be any higher or lower than any than any of you were on Devin Haney after that fight. It's just a progression, folks. That's all it is. That's all it is. Um, all right, let's get to the other uh, fight card, Vin, um, from Fresno, California. Pretty cool setting in a um, in a baseball stadium um, there in Fresno. Jamel Herring versus Lamont Roach for the WBO Super Featherweight title. Um, you know. Coming into this fight, uh, Lamont Roach as an opponent for Jamel Herring, that's a good opponent. The problem with Lamont Roach is he's always been one of these guys that, you know, visually has always looked like he should be a lot 
more successful in the ring than he than than maybe he has been. I mean, it's not like the guy's got a million losses or anything like that. So hasn't been that awful. But you see some tools there, but a, a reticence to, um, you know, to let his hands go. You know what I'm saying? So he, he you want him to pull the trigger. There's something else there. Jamel Herring, he's just a consummate boxer, man. So this definitely had um, boring fight potential written all over it. Um, but you know, it, it, it's a good defense for Jamel Herring in this way, but the fight went, uh, uh, you know, pretty much how I thought it was going to, I was surprised, um, at Lamont Roach, uh, you know, buzzing up Jamel Herring there late in the fight, but, uh, you know, it happens in boxing and with Lamont, Lamont Roach, he's, he's one of these fighters that's, uh, you know, a tale of two halves for him in this one. Yeah. Uh, look, this was a uh, what you would figure would be a boxing match in every sense of the word on paper, and and it was. Jamel Herring was able to box in the early rounds and and clearly, clearly win the first half of the fight, and I think that's because Lamont Roach kind of was willing to let him do that, and that's kind of been Lamont's mo in his careers. Like you're just waiting and look like, dude, you got the tools, you got the talent, let it go a little bit, and and the corner was telling him to do that in this fight and it took a little while and in the second half of the fight i think you saw kind of lamont roach discover that hey i you know i'm able to do this and that and 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 i'm having some success now but he just discovered it too late and and you know he was too far behind on the cards i think he probably won uh three of the last four or five rounds of that fight and kind of made it interesting at least down the stretch, but you can't lose six of the first seven, eight rounds, son. You just, you just can't give them away. No. And especially to a guy that is the A side. I mean, we, it's veterans day weekend. This guy's riding in on a, I don't know, ride in on a tank or whatever the hell he rode in on. And, and he's, you know, he's fighting on his network on ESPN. So you were going to have to to do a little bit extra to get the win. And Lamont just, he's a he's a he's a kid from this area and he's a kid that i've i watched as an amateur he's a he's a really good kid i mean i've i had a super bowl bet with the kid three four years ago patriots falcons and i had to drive down and pay him fucking 200 bucks (laughs) in alexandria virginia i met him in downtown alexandria and gave him 200 bucks cash because the Falcons blew a 25 point lead in the second half. And he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a fucking great kid. I remember when we were at turning stone, uh, for, for Matisse Provodnikov, I thought yep. it was hilarious. I jumped in the elevator and we get in there and Lamont Roach is in, and his entire team is all, he's all dressed gloves on. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Why are you guys riding in the elevator right now? Shouldn't you be backstage getting ready to walk out? You know, I, 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 this is a kid that, I, you know, whose career I've tracked and I really like. And I think he learned a lesson in this fight. And I think it'll be a lesson that at some point uh, is going to work in his favor because I think he found out in the second half of this fight the type of fighter that he can be, that he can be pushed to. And I think eventually at some point he will win a belt in his career. But that it, it just wasn't his night. He just didn't do enough. Yeah, I mean, we see it happen all the time, man. Just late starts. Um, you know, trying to, you know, figure out the boxer, you know, it happens. And when you can't get in on them, you can't get your timing down um, until later in the fight. This is exactly what happens. But Jamel Herring did, um, you know, 
what he uh, you know came to the ring to do, defended his WBO super featherweight title. So what's next for him? And we got showcase fights coming up. Uh, WBO, top rank, Frampton and Valdez on the same card, not fighting one another. I mean, surely one of these guys is going to get a shot at the uh, World Bob Arum Association or organization's belt, right? You you would you know you would hope that they could somehow talk uh, Miguel Burchelt into fighting Jamel, but for whatever reason, Burchelt just wants nothing to do with him. And Burchelt's coming off a great performance against Sosa, absolutely dominated him. And I think the styles of, of, of Herring and Burchelt match up perfectly. It's it's a great fight. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, of uh, the most recent Jose Ramirez's most recent fight. I always forget the goddamn guy's name. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> but it's that type of style matchup. It's a boxer puncher and a guy that that puts on constant pressure. So it, it, I you know I I don't get it with Burchelt. Uh, clearly they're they're leading towards Frampton and Valdez. I mean that that is most definitely the fight that's next for those two. So maybe Jamel waits for the winner of that fight and, and gets a, you know, a mandatory or a stay busy type fight uh, in the meantime. But I, either way, I think there's a good matchup on the horizon in 2020 for Herring, I, which I'd like to see. I, he's improved as a fighter. I was not sold on him uh, as much as, a, you know, a year, year and a half ago as a fighter. I thought he was very vanilla and I thought he's very beatable. But I think getting into the into camp with Bomack and Crawford has kind of helped his career out a little bit. They've worked on some things, and he's become a, he's become a much better fighter than he was uh, two years ago. Yeah, completely agree. Um, you know, it's 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 very clear um, how much he's improved, and his stock's rising, man. It's just a great event for him, right? Um, you know, a great event to um, you know. It sucked that he was going up against you know the uh, the shit show on the zone, right? Um, you know, but. You know, it's it's neither here nor there, man. Jamel Herring defeats Lamont Roach, uh, Kubrat Pulev, and Rydell Booker. Oh. Um, let me just put it to you like this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The only fight that I've ever been interested in watching Kubrat Pulev um, participate in was his fight against Vladimir Klitschko, which ended abruptly on just a thunderous knockout punch. Um, and I was so thankful that, that was just, what was it? Fifth round? Was it fourth or fifth round? Fifth round. Yeah. It was so fucking long ago. It was like five, five, six years ago. <laughs> it was. Um, but that's my everlasting memory of Pulev. And then, you know, his little, you know, I guess kissing reporters and, you know, whatever else. Um, but Rydell Booker, man, I mean, come on, if he would have just came in shape, man, he'd had a chance to win this fight. Let's be honest. He really would have. <laughs> Pulev hardly throws any punches, man. I, uh, oh, so tedious. It really was. It really, really was. I watched a few rounds of it the night of the fight, and I, I was kind of t- tuning in and out of it. And then I watched it again today. I was, you know, I was like, let me do my due diligence and watch this fight before the show. Watch the entire fight. And- oh, I'm glad you did your research, then. Thanks, for, th- thanks for taking one for the team. Yeah, Forty-five minutes of my fucking life, I will never get back <laughs> never i mean just absolute garbage what are you throwing 30 punches around give me a break if this is a guy you're going to build up for tyson fury to fight one day top rank i can tell you right now zero people are interested in that matchup zero <laughs> i mean i'm i'm i am i am i am i lying no you're not does anybody want to see pulev versus fury because i know that's eventually coming oh 
it'll be the wilder fight. And then, you know, if there's an immediate rematch, there's an immediate rematch, whatever it is. But, you know, uh, nobody wants to see that nonsense. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine that fight? No, I don't want to imagine that fight. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch where this new this new storyline of uh, Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury being a tag team. You know, I'm more interested in seeing where that leads. Ben. Oh, is that, is that a thing now? Yeah, apparently, unless something changed after they joined forces. Well, he's <laughs> he's working out with Darren Till in the uh, in the octagon a couple of days ago, throwing knees and elbows, buddy. So who knows what's next for old Tyson? Dude, Tyson, let me give you some <laughs> advice. I know you're not going to take it. Okay, you just made twelve million dollars with the the WWE, and there could be a lot more millions of dollars to come down the road from the WWE over the next ten years. Should you decide to stay there? Finish out your $100 million contract with top rank. Go to the WWE and just be the man you were born to be. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, honestly, there's so many characters and so many heel turns that Tyson Fury could take at the WWE. And it's, it's, it's his destiny. You know what I mean? I could see him an excellent manager of the heavyweight champion of the world. Like he could be (laughs) the guy who just is the mouthpiece of some fighter. Oh, yeah, dude. Wrestle for 10 years, be a manager for the next 20, man. Go down in history. Um, I do not want to see him in the octagon. That is something. Dude, he's boring enough to watch boxing. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but I, honestly, I think that if 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 the if the Wilder fight is still going through, should Wilder get past Ortiz here in a couple weeks? Um, you know, I, I mean, if, if, if Fury gets knocked out by Wilder, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we – we don't even see him again in boxing. You know what I'm saying? Who knows with this guy? Right now, he's riding the gravy train, but we know that that fucking gravy train could 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 fly off a cliff at any minute. Oh yeah, I mean, correct. He's got he's on a book tour. He's in the W book tour. He's fucking doing everything. It's like at some point, uh, if you want to be the heavyweight champion of the world, you're gonna have to like uh, zero in on that and stop trying to fucking be everything to everybody at once. <laughs> Tyson Fury. I'll never forget when he dressed up as Batman for that press conference. You remember that? I, the guy's part of some of the best moments in boxing and, and part of the rebirth of the heavyweight division is because of him. Now, whether you think he's gotten stale over the last year or so, which I'm kind of in that camp, that's, that's you know, take that aside. The guy is important to the health of the heavyweight division moving forward. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, and very important to the promotion with Deontay Wilder. Yes. Um, all right, real quick before we wrap this thing up with some news and notes, um, I've already given my two cents on um, an episode of The Daily Rant on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel, but I just wanted to get your thoughts, Vin, since you finally made it back from the girl collection in Vegas, um, and I did not get to hear your thoughts regarding the WBSS uh, Bantamweight Championship fight between Niowa Inouye and Nonito Donaire. Um, at, that marched right up my list to to fight of the year. That's my fight of the year right now. Not, and I'll, I will tell you why, because in that fight, there was more ebbs and flows and, and more drama as far as big shots being landed and momentum changing, changing hands in that fight than there was in any of the other two fights that I have that I would kind of toss about as fight of the year with it. And that would be Heard Williams, which I think J rock, if the one thing that, that, makes in a way Daenerys take a step above that for me is 
J-Rock won nine rounds of that fight, in, in my opinion, and, and, and was dominant. That was the performance of the year for me in that fight. The performance of a year by any one fighter and the comeback fighter of the year in boxing should be J-Rock. The other fight that I put in that mix is uh, Ruiz Joshua. And the only reason I say it's better than that is because once Andy Ruiz took control of that fight, it became one-sided. And the, the difference in this for me is that this fight wasn't one-sided. And after the 10th round, a fighter that everybody and their mother has either catapulted to number one on their pound for pound list or put in the top three was in a, uh, was in the fight of his life against a first ballot uh, hall of fame fighter in Nonito Donaire who turned back the clock like very few fighters can do at his age in a weight class where it's not their weight anymore. He dropped down to get into this tournament. And I think everybody wrote him off in that fight. Me being one of them, I didn't think it would go past six rounds, but the performance by both fighters. And especially after hearing after the fact that in a way had a fractured orbital bone and a broken nose from the second round on and continued in that fight and was able to do the things that he did and prove that he is just as legit as everybody wanted to say he is, even though that was a tough, tough fight against the guy that we've seen struggle over the last couple of years before coming into this tournament, that performance from both guys for me, well, that's what makes it the fight of the year in my eyes right now. And I said it after watching the fight, uh, the first time. And I said, let me just watch it again to make sure I'm not having that like reactionary, uh, you know, prisoner of the moment type of take. And I watched it again and I, 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 there's not a fight that I can rate higher than it. There really isn't. That was something that was a special display by two really, really great fighters, a future hall of famer and a first ballot hall of famer. Yeah, man. Dude, you just said it right there. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not making a proclamation on, on, fight of the year yet but everything that you just said um if you were trying to sell me on it if that was your sales pitch um give me two you talk, give me two. <laughs> oh man yeah dude it's 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 exactly everything you just said i mean um you know i i, I wasn't even aware of what you know donaire had done to in face you know behind the skin um anyways until uh until after i had given my commentary on it so that definitely adds um, dramatic flair to it whatsoever and just goes to show you that uh it's not just a stereotype man japanese boxers are tough as shit you know yeah. yes um it's there ain't no kel brook i'll tell you that <laughs> no oh no no nio in a way ain't gonna go uh you know borrow his sister's compact and put on makeup to cover it up you know <laughs> <laughs> like the batty boy <laughs> the batty boy Oh shit. I gotta love it. Gotta yeah. love it. Yeah. Um all right. So let's move on to news and notes and get out of here, Vin. Um it's official. Danny Jacobs versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And um it's not going to be in Las Vegas, Vin. <laughs> I guess not. No, it's not going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Um apparently Julio Cesar Chavez um, has gained asylum um, <laughs> in Arizona after fleeing the uh, the grasps of old Bob Bennett. He said, Julio, Julio, get back here, Julio. Get your ass back here, Julio. 
Why you running, Julio? Get back here, Julio. Oh, Bob Bennett. Bob Bennett will suspend Julio Cesar Chavez for the rest of his life. I don't care who his father is, Julio. <laughs> oh, we got a we got a Bob Bennett. Oh, it's been too long, brother. It's been too <laughs> fucking long. Hey, look, it's perfect for this shit show of a fight. I mean, it's, that's what this is. I mean, come on. We're supposed to really believe that Julio Cesar Chavez is going to be uh, a reborn fighter at this point in his career? No, 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 he's not going to be. <laughs> Daniel Jacobs will get a win at 168 pounds. Somehow this will pump him up to some type of, I don't know, he'll he'll get a shot at a title belt. Maybe it'll be Billy Joe Saunders. Who the fuck knows? You know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of places that this fight leads for Daniel Jacobs. Uh, for Julio Cesar Chavez, it leads to one more paycheck, and we'll see you later, pal. I mean, I, there's just nothing else I could say about this fucking matchup, man. I can't, <laughs> I can't muster the words. It's just, it's just a, one of those typical fights in boxing where there's always a weird group of people that hear this matchup and they get like, they're like, oh yes, this is my kind of fight. It's like, what do you mean this is your kind of fight? This is fucking terrible. I'm sorry. There's not one redeeming quality about this fight, period. It involves Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Let's come on, get a grip. Yeah, I, I would much rather watch Chavez eat a bowl of Fruit Loops while smoking a doobie in some neon pink spanks. Thank you. That's what that's what I'm trying to see. Let's get a Julio <laughs> Cesar Chavez reality show and then we can start talking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um not willing I'm not interested in seeing a guy eat punches for 12 rounds no no neither am i that's why uh you know after the fight um you know bob bennett's gonna be waiting at the border he's gonna be like governor of arizona i implore you to deliver the criminal julio cesar chavez jr to the border of arizona in nevada i think they i think they border each other after this fight <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking outstanding. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I don't really have anything to say about the fight, man. You know, like I said, for all of you, uh, for all of you boxing preachers out there on, on, on your, you know, your pulpits, you know, sitting there, you know, just casting down, you know, throwing lightning bolts at, at boxing fans that, um, you know, don't watch or, you know, view the sport the way that you view it. Um, Let's hear you get righteous. Let's see you all do uh, a rant video on Julio Cesar Chavez ducking the law. Um, dude, Eddie Hearn came out today and said, if Julio Cesar Chavez misses one drug test, the fight's over. I'm like, hold on. He already he already did. <laughs> fucking Eddie, man. He, that fucking guy. I'm telling you. Him fucking, the biggest fucking dirt merchant to ever come to the sport, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, he loves America, man. He loves it. Well, everybody forgets what he says a week after he says it. It's like the guy just, <laughs> there's never been a guy who literally will contradict himself from fucking week to week in interviews with Coogan Cassius. It's like it's, this fucking guy's, his mouth ought to be in a fucking circus. Did you see what Coogan Cassius tweeted out today about his parents? Did you see that? I did see something like he his parents watched the Logan Paul KSI yeah, he, fight. He said, my parents are 73 and 72 years old, 
and without any coaxing or anything, they ordered the zone on their own because they wanted to watch KSI versus Logan Paul. I'm <laughs> sitting here, I'm like, dude, I don't you- even know what YouTube is. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm just figuring out what the fuck YouTube is. So hopefully this video makes it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. Um, All right. So I guess we'll be back with episode 249 for a little preview of Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz part two. Yeah, fire up the heavyweight engines, baby, because that's how we're finishing out the year here on, on the boxing ring. Two big heavyweight fights to close the season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what, man? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, some knockouts, some powerful knockouts. And I think that uh, I think both fights might just deliver that. You know what I mean? I'm with you. All right. So thank you all for tuning in to episode 248 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker. Uh, where, where else are we? Cast, Castbox, the Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, uh, wherever you can find. Just, just Google boxing and uh, and uh, in your mother's bedroom. Exactly, you know, and, and especially in your mother's bedroom, our faces will pop right up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, please subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. And follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings eighty one and at Kenny Keith Jr. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at The Boxing Rant. So until next week, I'm Kenny Keith for Vince Cummings. Thanks for tuning in to The Boxing Rant Podcast. Muchas gracias, everybody.